BG Mania, a video game music podcast for October 2nd, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the extraterrestrial himself. Clapping those alien cheeks, it's Frank. Hello, Brian. Beep boop. <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. If you're new to the world of video game music podcast, you are in for a treat. But for all the veterans that may be stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods for the very first time, Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves, instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track instruments at a time. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or we are listening to us and leave that five-star rating under review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Frank, it is October, and this is always one of our favorite times of the year here at Level Down Games, and specifically BG Mania, because we get to dive into some eerie, spooky-themed episodes for the entire month. And we have the pleasure of doing five, actually we're doing six because of the bonus episode, six episodes of spooky-esque music the entire month. And it's going to be a blast, man. I'm so excited for this month. Have we decided on a special name like Shocktober? Uh, I don't think we have an official name this year, no. No, that's I mean, really, I, that's going to be for from here on out. Yeah, Shocktober. Until, until we change it. Yeah, until we change it again. Uh, yeah. You know, six episodes of BGB. This is going to be fun. I think we definitely have some great stuff in the pipeline for you guys going forward. Yeah, yeah. We really, uh, we really expanded a little bit for this October, and we're going to explore some things that are 
that kind of tie into some pop culture stuff that's going on this month. But we're also going to explore some things that are, are more niche and not as well known. And I think it's going to be really fun. And our first episode that we decided to do for our spooky month of BG Mania music is Aliens. Alien Invasions, I guess. And I thought it would be kind of neat to do that based on the Area 51 stuff that was going on a couple weeks ago with everyone wanting to go there and storm it and free the aliens. I personally blame all you Kyles for disappointing me. Okay, blaming, blaming the Kyles, blaming the Naruto runners, all those people that just didn't no, get the no, job no. done. I, I don't blame the Naruto runners because I saw him doing it, okay? <laughs> there was only one, though. There was only one. <laughs> Kyles didn't show up in full force like I had planned, okay? We wanted to clap the alien cheeks. We didn't get to do that, so we decided here at BG Mania that we would uh, explore alien-themed music. And putting this episode together... It really just blew my mind how amazing some of these tracks really can be based on a cosmic feel or an extraterrestrial feel. Everything sounds very out of this world as it should. And the opening track that you heard was my first pick, and it actually comes from an Amiga game by the name of Alien Breed 2 The Horror Continues. It released sometime in 1993. The name of the track was just Intro, and that was composed by Alistair Brimble, who also composed, if you remember, the couple weeks ago, well, about a month and a half ago, we did our part two version of Amiga Music. I played a track from the first Alien Breed. This is the sequel to that game, and this is that franchise that is very much based on the and, and inspired by the Alien films, so much so that it looks like it. And it just isn't, if you remember, we talked about it a little bit where it's pretty much the Xenomorphs and everything is there, but it's not really part of the franchise, but it is basically part of the Alien series. If you remember us talking about that a couple weeks ago. It's like the dollar store version of Aliens. Basically, yeah, basically. Uh, Developed and published by Team 17. There is so much just, dude, this track is just so alien. It's so cosmic. It's so... You even mentioned it's like the little synthwave, retrowave thing that keeps popping in and out there. It very much sounds like a UFO coming and going through the sky. And that's just like, it's such a cool sound. And that's going to be something that we're going to want to listen for and kind of explore throughout this entire episode. Because a lot of these tracks are going to have things like that. And as they should, I like this track a lot. That was a good way to start the episode off. Um... But for me, man, when you said we're doing an Alien episode, I called dibs on this game the second you said it, because to me, when I think Aliens, I think video games, this one stands out the most in my mind, uh, just by and far. From Destroy All Humans, this is Furon's theme.
And that was the Fioran theme from Destroy All Humans, which came out June 21st, 2005. I can't believe it's been that long since the first Destroy All Humans came out. Uh, composed by Gary Scheinman, who, if you're listening to the show or lover of good music in general, that's Mr. Bioshock right there. Yeah. And, and, that, and the sound that you hear in this is what we're talking about. That is your alien that's so good that was that was so good i'm so glad you actually picked that track i just uh, this game it just stands out to me i I love this like this is a series i would i think they did are they remaking it this year or did they remake it earlier this year um they are remaking it i can't remember i heard i remember hearing news on it and like this is one of the ones i was definitely behind the remake for I think it's set to come out next year. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. A remake of the original game is set to be released in early 2020. Consider it what? Yeah, it's it's sometime next year. Super fun, man. Super, super fun. This was a really fun game, and you're right, man. It is one of those games that immediately comes to mind when you think aliens. And I was like, I, I knew you were going to call dibs on it because I know you're a huge fan <laughs> of this franchise. But not only that track, not only Furon's theme, but a lot of the soundtrack in general oh, very yeah. much has that like eerie, cosmic. I don't even know what, what sound is that? Like what? What, what is it's not that is, like that? Is, is, is it the theremin that's being played? The the, the, the modulation. It's it's it a mod, it's, it's, a, it's a modulated creepy sound that we yeah. associate with aliens. Yeah, and, and like it's just. It's you, you, so perfect. A, it's so you perfect. Hear a bit of that, you hear a bit of that when you uh, with the Doctor Who theme. The, it's just the way it's, it's the way that the the lift and rise happens there. We just associate that with aliens. Like it's just it's the way it is. Absolutely, and I mean, it, it, like I said, it's just so good, and really, just man, what a fun track. Really, just it, it, it does make you feel like you are not on Earth anymore. It really <laughs> does. <laughs> it really does. So very, very, very cool good pick i was kind of surprised you actually didn't submit a pick from this game i i thought for sure this was going to be something you actually picked from so when i saw you didn't have this on there i knew i made sure to pick something from it because i wanted to make sure this game actually got in this particular episode for my next pick we are going to go to day of the tentacle and i actually picked from the remastered version that was literally one of my alternates really uh absolutely but i'm so glad you picked it thank you brian yeah so so we're gonna go to the remastered version of day of the tentacle the name of the track is purple army
And that was Purple Army from Day of the Tentacle, the remastered version. This came out, the remastered version came out uh, in 2016. The original version came out way back in 1993. It was composed by three individuals, uh, the, the usual LucasArts composers. We have Clint Bajakian, Peter McConnell, and Michael Land. You know, fantastic freaking composers through and Hell through yeah. everything. Everything that they composed from, you know, Monkey Island, that entire franchise, to Day of the Tentacle, to just literally everything that LucasArts was. All of these classic, amazing point-and-click adventure games from back in the day that... Frank, I know you absolutely love. <laughs> I fell in love with them with Maniac Mansion, the first version, you know, part one of this. But Day yeah, and, te- and technically, this is Maniac Mansion too. Really, it, I mean, that's basically what it is. Uh, just everyone just refers to it as Day of the Tentacle. Day of the Tentacle was leaps and bounds better. It was one thousand percent. It was. I love the whole time travel thing. It was, it was such a great game, great soundtrack. I mean, obviously, because that's what we're picking for. But Yeah, clearly a fantastic soundtrack. And I actually had a hard time deciding what track I wanted to pick from. And I went with Purple Army because it was the closest thing that really sounded kind of extraterrestrial to me. Like, just some of the instrumentation that you hear in that track, it, it very much is out of this world and the purple army i mean those are the you know the enemies basically the the tentacles that are running around because they're these weird looking purple cone-like creatures with green circles on their body and they are this known as the purple army <laughs> it's just it's such a good track it's such a good game it really is and i would love for them to make a part three i like point and click games in general like that's one of my favorite all-time genres yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point, might as well. Uh, I got a point and click one for you as well. Oh, perfect. Okay. With probably the best title you're going to hear on this entire episode. This is the Bells of Moria from Cosmic Osmo and the Worlds Beyond the Mackerel. of Moria from Cosmic Osmo when the world's beyond the mackerel uh, came out June 21st 1990 this was a PC game um, made by Cyan Worlds or at the time it was Cyan Inc uh, who created a very awesome game called Mist 
as well. Oh, nice. Okay, same team. Very cool. Uh, so that lends to who the composer is on this one. Uh, the first composer is Shep Lovick, who is just someone who was a programmer on the game. But the main composer is Robin Miller, who did all the classic tracks for Myst. Uh, this a little cool trivia about this game was this is one of the games that was actually being developed uh, for the SNES CD. Oh, okay. What, what would eventually become the PlayStation? Exactly. Uh, when that whole thing went kaput. Um, yeah. But the, the game itself actually has digitized voices. It's a point and click adventure, like I said. Uh, 18 tracks. It's, it's, it's a it's a really awesome soundtrack. I picked it solely for the title. I was like, this is a game I've never heard of. It looks really cool. And now I'm going to purchase this game because I know it's on Steam right now. I'm it, it won like the best point and click game in 1990. So this, there has to be something to this. I would actually really like to play this game. Um, in fact, the, the, the game is supposed to be hilarious. Lots of pop culture references. Like one of the uh, the, the things in the game you have to look, look for is supposed to be like a, a lost record from the group Swabs and Roses. It's like oh, the, my the God. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely be picking this up because it's right there on Steam. Uh, anything that the Miss team does is instant gold for me. I, I, I'm surprised that this game and its sequel just fell into my radar. I'd be curious to listen to the rest of the soundtrack because Bells of Moria was really a phenomenal track that we just heard. Like, I think that might be my favorite thing we've heard so far. And obviously, we're only four tracks in, but that might be my favorite thing we've actually heard. And I don't know, man, that that might end up being one of my favorite tracks that we've discovered in a while on VG Mania. Like, I like that a lot from a game that I never would have known about had we not done this episode. <laughs> that, that is it. And that's why I love doing these episodes, because it forces us to dig for things that we've never heard or seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I've already tagged this in Steam. So there we go. <laughs> nice. What well, Cosmic Osmo? What's the rest of Cosmic Osmo and the macro? And the world's are... beyond the mackerel. And the world's beyond the mackerel. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Was this a... Um, how much is it on Steam? Uh, it's part of a bundle. So I'm getting the bundle for 20 bucks. So I'm, I don't know if, it, if I don't see it otherwise. Oh, okay. All right. I was just wondering. Just wondering. We'll dig. We'll um, dig. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Brian here from BG Mania. We wanted to take this quick opportunity to tell you about a new series hitting our YouTube channel multiple times throughout the week, Quick Trip. Shout out to a loyal listener of BG Mania, Martin, for the idea, but the gist is that our discussions we have on the Max Level podcast surrounding new release games will be turned into gameplay impression videos over at youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames. If you listen to Max Level weekly every Monday, there won't be anything new, but it's a great way to see the game in action that we are discussing. Almost every game we talk about in the campaign game segment of the show will have a video throughout the week, so be sure to click that subscribe button on YouTube and turn notifications on so that you never miss one of our uploads. We're seriously so close to 4,000 subscribers, and would love to hit that within the next week or two so we can start making that big push toward 5,000. I am going to go to one of my favorite games based around dealing with aliens. And we're going to go to the Nintendo 64. Nice. And we're going to go to Perfect Dark. The name of the track is Area 51 Infiltration.
And that was Area 51 Infiltration from Perfect Dark, which came out May 22nd, 2000 here in North America on the Nintendo 64. Three composers on that soundtrack. We had Grant Kirkhope, Grant Nor uh, Graham Norgate, and David Kleinick, but that particular track was composed by Grant Kirkhope. The amazing Grant Kirkhope. What and a how amazing person. was that track? <laughs> I know, right? I liked it. I liked it from the second I started, but once when, when that big kick kicked in there. Oh, oh yeah, man. toward the end. Oh man. Yeah, when it sped up there toward the end, it just gets so much more epic. But it starts out very Michael Myers Halloween. Yes, that's exactly how I was feeling. Halloweeny, I guess is yeah. <laughs> but just da -da 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 -da, like it had that whole start to it, and then just. Oh man, I, I specifically love this particular track and the name of it, because the name of the track, Area 51 Infiltration, that's what everyone wanted to do last month on the 20th. <laughs> and you know what, only, only one of you were brave enough to even go under the fence. Yep, and then she got arrested, unfortunately. May she rest in, may she rest in peace. Yeah, at least she didn't get shot, thank God, because they could have shot her. <laughs> oh, no, no, she's gone now. You'll never hear from her again. Yeah, probably not. She saw too much. She saw too much. But man, what a phenomenal track. Everything about this, everything about Perfect Dark, and you and I were talking about it. It's been so long since either one of us actually has sat down and played through this game. Uh, I would love to go through that again soon. Uh, and, and I really do hope that this franchise makes a comeback in the future. For real, man, this is one of those games that people, you know, your friends would come over and this is what everyone wanted to play. Yeah. And this, this, this are golden. It, it's one of those games that a lot of times you don't remember that this game is very much rooted in alien culture. There's not there's two separate alien factions in this game, like two separate alien civilizations. It's it's very much an alien sci-fi game. <laughs> there's lots of things like that. It just doesn't click in your head. Um, you almost had tracks from the new Dragon Ball Z game because that's also an alien invasion game. But I I decided I want to go even bigger, even better than Dragon okay. Ball Z. Okay. To maybe the two greatest aliens to ever exist. That's right, Brian. I'm talking TJ, about TJ and E. TJ and E. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> from the best game in the series, from Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron, this is Funky Alien. Thank you. 
was Funky Alien from Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron, which came out blanket year, 1993. Um, Brian, maybe one human who could possibly compose something like that. That is definitely an alien composition. Oh my god, Brian's so alien. That's so good. <laughs> the composer for this game, uh, for Toe Jam and Earl 1, 2, and Back in the Groove, the, the most recent one, which I believe came out last year, 2018. Um, No, that was this year. Was it this year? Wow, this yeah. year just gone by like that. Uh, John Baker, also yeah. known for doing the Gex games, which are another series we want back. Yeah, I would love to play another Gex game just because of how silly and pop culture-y those games really were. That's all they were, was just pure pop culture. Uh, but yeah, man, I love this Toe Jam Real game. This one, uh, the humans are the aliens because they've infiltrated Funkatron. And right, the and they're just kind of like stupid and walking in circles on a plot of land that you know they're doing all kinds of wacky things and you gotta capture them in little jars it's great yeah it's a side-scrolling game too which is why it's so debatable is it really the best one i think so it was a little bit of, a little platformy a little exploration uh i will admit something here though there's a certain point in the game well there's lots of points in the game where you meet up with the fairy and she says uh would you like to rendezvous and that's how she like upgrades you and gives you bonuses and stuff Okay, this is 1993. I'm 11 years old. I don't know what the word rendezvous means. I thought it was rendezvous. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I, I thought, it, I legit thought it was some crazy alien word, which makes sense because I'm playing an alien game. Uh, it wasn't until much later in life that I realized, oh, yeah, that's French. Yeah. French, alien, same thing. Come on now, dumb, dumb little kid, Frank. There's, there's lots of little things like that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I ever admit to, but that's one of them. That's right. I, I bear my soul to you, and you call me dumb. Thanks a lot. How about that bass line, though, dude? It's the funkiest of basses. You just slap with the bass. It's so good. Like, obviously, Toe Jam and Earl music is meant to be very funky, meant to be very groovy, uh, deep, like heavy bass lines. Just everything about that track is just phenomenal. And really, the Toe Jam and Earl games always have usually great music usually there is there, there, there is a third mystical toe jam game out there that's in the ether but we don't talk about that <laughs> i said usually have great music it's it's the godfather three of toe jam games okay <laughs> yeah the uh the one from this year that we played uh earlier this year that was actually it was okay it was pretty good it, it definitely felt more like home for toe jam and earl because it was yes. more of a carbon copy of the original game and not really like panic on funkatron but i guess it really is debatable which one you like better but needless to say they all have great music so that that's not a question so good pick i like that one a lot all right man i want to move to a franchise that i wish was still around and i wish wouldn't have changed after the first game and i wish the studio was still around too <laughs> From Dead Space, this is the Necromorph's Attack.
And that was the Necromorphs attack from Dead Space, the original Dead Space, which came out here in North America October 13th, 2008. And that was composed by Jason Graves. The entire soundtrack was composed by Jason Graves, who is a great composer through and through. I love the original Dead Space and I like the entire Dead Space trilogy. I enjoyed all three games, but the original Dead Space is something special. Absolutely. The original Dead Space should have been what Dead Space 2 and 3 were all about as well. That's for real, man. If you have something that's a hit like that, just keep with it. Add onto it. Don't change it. Like, that doesn't make sense. It was it was very much like Alien, the film franchise. You you're set in this fictional atmosphere, science fiction through and through and the spacecraft floating through space that's kind of desolate. There's nothing there. You're controlling this engineer by the name of Isaac. And he's fighting the necromorphs. And these are these weird looking reanimated human corpses in the Dead Space franchise or specifically this particular game. You mentioned it while you're listening to that track. You had that badass railgun that you could shoot the limbs off of the aliens to take them out, which was also a lot of fun. And everything about this game was spooky. It was scary. This Dead Dead Space is one of the scariest games in a while and still is very, very, very spooky. It is a great horror game. It's absolutely a horror game through and through. It is a great horror game. It's definitely an alien game, but more so a horror game. Yeah, it is a great horror game, really a survival horror game. And this particular track very much sounds like a horror movie. It's very cinematic. It's very orchestral. But you have these elements of horror baked into the music, and it works out so well because the music puts you on edge as the game puts you on edge. The name of the track is The Necromorph's Attack. This is playing in the game when you're just getting swarmed and surrounded by this sea of necromorphs in the actual, the mining ship, the USG Ishimura. I love this game. Like, Dead Space is such a phenomenal game. Dead Space 2 is okay. Dead Space 3 is probably the worst in the franchise. But Dead Space 1, like I said, something very special. And it makes me sad that EA killed off Visceral Games because I would have loved to see them keep this series going forward. Absolutely. I, I was actually picking out little bits. Like, I heard little bits of Psycho, little bits of Carrie. Oh, yeah, dude. It, I love it when you can hear the inspiration but still make it your own. Like the, uh, Absolutely. Gr- great pick. Great pick through and through. I am going to take you back to the past. Okay. Uh, to a game that I would never have thought to pick up or rent if it weren't for the amazing Nintendo power. This is Ooh, from okay. a boy and his blob. Trouble on Blabonia. This is the stage one theme.
the stage one theme from A Boy and His Blob, Trouble on Blabonia, which came out January 1990. That's right, we got it here first in the States. Holler! Um, truth be told, I could have picked from another game from this composer because uh, the composer Mark Van Heck also did Bart versus the Space Mutants. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I just didn't think you wanted to hear the Simpsons theme, uh, so I didn't do that to you. Is that the only track in the game? That's the only one of note. Like, do you think yeah. something like that? Boom, 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 boom. Uh, but yeah, man, A Boy in This Blob, just a crazy game uh, where you're helping this blob and you throw him jelly beans and he turns into different things. I tried that in real life, just throwing myself jelly beans and I just turned into a fat ass. So um, <laughs> That's the damn truth. <laughs> Brian, first of all, it's my joke to make audio podcast. <laughs> but yeah, this is a game I... I never owned but i rented quite a couple a few times because i wanted to beat but i rented it because of nintendo power it made it seem way better than it actually was i don't know if you like this game i'm not the biggest fan i actually I tried like the remake i like the remake that's where i was actually gonna go with this i the, the remake was made done on the wii if i'm not mistaken it was the wii yeah and i enjoyed that one a lot better but uh i wanted to stay true to the old roots on this one here yeah i like the version on the wii i owned the version on the nes i did not own the wii version but i did own the i rented it i owned the original game on the nes i think my grandma may have got this game for me one year for christmas it had a cool cover that's usually what grandmas did yeah um, but let me tell you dude i never made it past the first area i did i didn't know how the hell to play this game it's a hard it was a very hard game it's uh you really pretty much needed the nintendo power to just kind of walk you through but the composer i was reading a little bit about him his composition on this game he purposefully hit wrong notes during his composition while it was being played just to give it that more of an eerie alien feeling because this obviously is a very upbeat kind of song here yeah uh, but, to, but to give it like you'll hear some chords just sound weird and bad it was done on purpose or at least that's what he's saying that's like you know when a director's like oh yeah i meant for this movie to be a dark comedy when it was just a really horrible really made movie like the room <laughs> <Terrible comedy itself. laughs> yeah i just remember like I understood the jelly bean mechanic when I was a kid, because when this game, when I was playing this, it was like 1991, 1990. I was four or five years old. I really wasn't, you know, amazing at video games at the time. So I understood the jelly bean mechanic. I understood that I can throw the jelly beans into the blob's mouth and change them into certain things like an umbrella or a hole in the floor or a trampoline. But I could never figure out how to get past the first area. And... I, I just I remember just being so frustrated that the only thing and I knew that there had to be more to the game. Like I knew that there was a game there. I just didn't know how to actually play it. <laughs> and it just it pissed me off so much as a kid. Like I was so frustrated that I just I, I was so frustrated I could never actually make it past that game. And I'd be curious to see if I actually went back and played it now, if I could make it past the game without like help, because that's how I was trying to play it back then. You know what, Brian? We're gonna speed run it. That'd be funny. It probably can be sped run in like ten minutes. It's probably one of those games that <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it's probably one of those games that has like a very, very, very short speed run time. Um, I like that you mentioned Nintendo Power, though. It, it allows me to give this a quick plug. Uh, obviously not sponsored or associated with us at all. But Frank, I finally signed up for Nintendo Force magazine. Nice. You've been telling me you're going to do that for a while. Okay. I've been I've been meaning to do that for like two freaking years now. 
Uh, for, for those listening that are unfamiliar, Nintendo Force Magazine is a Patreon thing. If you go to patreon.com, search Nintendo Force. It has several of the original like Nintendo Power Magazine staff on board, but it is this bi-monthly magazine that they send out to you in the mail. You also get a PDF version that you can have on your PC, but it, it's very much Nintendo Power for the modern day. It comes with a full color poster front and back with different things on the front and on the back. It has like maps. It has guides. It's very much Nintendo power. And the cool thing is this year they actually did because they normally do six episodes or six editions a year. They do like a January, February episode or edition and then a February or a March, April, all that. And this year they did seven because they did one for September and one for October. I didn't make the cutoff to get the September issue. I was a little sad about that. Son but of a I did make it for the October issue, which is all about Luigi's Mansion 3. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting that. Yeah. So uh, give it a look if you're looking for something to replace Nintendo Power now that that's no longer around. Just remember, it's called Nintendo Force on Patreon. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the Internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania. Alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, anything we produce on our YouTube channel, and daily news stories. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us continue to grow. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. All right, man, I want to go to um, my next pick, and it comes from a game that I'm curious if you've ever heard of, because I didn't know this actually had a game behind it. I, I remember the actual cartoon that the game is based on, but I didn't realize there was an actual video game on this. The name of the game is Super Widget. The name of the track is Level BGM 1.
And that was level BGM one from Super Widget, which came out. It says December 31st, 1993 for North America. I have a feeling that's wrong. That's a Wikipedia date. Uh, So I'm just going to say sometime in 1993 Uh, released on the Super Nintendo composed by Tomoyuki Hamada. This is based on a cartoon series by the name of Widget the World Watcher. And there was actually an NES game just named Widget. So this is actually a sequel to the NES game Widget, both based on Widget the World Watcher, which was a cartoon series that started airing in 1990 for the first season. The second season aired in 91 and the third season aired in 92. It was on the USA Network and a 30 minute cartoon created by Peter Keefe, the series creator of Voltron as well. I remember watching this as a kid. I remember like this was on, I want to say it was like a Saturday morning in my area and it was just part of like the Saturday morning cartoons that I used to watch. It was on the USA Network. That was back when USA Network actually used to air like kid friendly shows in the mornings on the weekends. Uh, I was, it was around the same time of the um, WWF superstars. Like that was on around the same time period. Okay. I was watching WWF superstars. And uh, uh, Bozo the Clown was also on Saturday mornings. Like those are the three things that I used to watch Saturday mornings before everything else. Like, and then you had the traditional Saturday morning cartoons like Garfield and friends and everything else that I used to watch as well. Uh, I've actually, like I said, never knew there was a video game based on that cartoon, but now I kind of want to play it. And that track doesn't really have like an alien esque feel to it. You mentioned it has very much like a morning cartoon theme song, and it makes sense because it's based on that. But Widget is an action platforming game, and the actual Widget himself is a purple alien that goes by the name of Widget. And I just I think I'd really like to play these games. There's one on the NES and one on the SNES. Like, I, I kind of want to seek them out. I want to check them out. I have never heard of it. I'm just I've heard of Garfield and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready to party. We're ready. Hooray. I hope you brought lots of spaghetti. OK. Uh, <laughs> you know what? This is another game that, again, when I think aliens definitely just clicks in my mind. Uh, mainly because the word alien is in the title, mainly because it's a fun game. From Alien Hominid, this is the final boss.
and that was Final Boss from Alien Hominid. Uh, came out November 21st, 2004. Uh, composed by Matthew E. Hardwood, who you may know from the Homefront games if you've ever played those. The Infinite Crisis DC MOBA, if you have no life and that's the kind of game you want to play. <laughs> this was a fun, fun game. Uh, this track in I general. Never did, I never did play Alien Hominid. I always kind of remember looking at it, but never actually picked it up. It's such a charming style to it. Uh, he's, he's a little yellow alien, bug-looking guy. Yet uh, you have the uh, men in black pretty much chasing you around. Okay. Uh, this track right here, very clubby, very rocking. Um, yeah, definitely uh, a little bit different from some of the other stuff that we heard, much like my Super Widget track. Very different from a lot of the other alien type themes that we're listening to today. Pretty short game in general, too. Uh, I do believe there were three levels. They had sub-levels, of course. But sure. I, I, I think it was only three levels or three chapters long. I haven't played this game in a good 15 years, but and God, I, I definitely feel old. But this game, is, <laughs> this game was super fun. I love the. There's just if you look at look up Alien Hominid, just look up the, the actual art style on this one. Yeah, it's, like, it's very different. Like it's it's unique almost. It's it's very cartoony. It's yeah. meant to be cartoony, but uh, it, it just it's, it's it's super charming. And is all the, is all the, is all the music really like? club based in this game no just more so this level just more um, so this level okay no, nothing really to this jogging my memory as being very alieny. like nothing very like nothing that sounds traditional sci-fi or anything no, like nothing, that nothing yeah. sci-fi nothing with those kinds of runs we normally expect but uh this game in general just it was just wacky it, it was wacky and fun and i mean it's a great track it's a great track it's very it, it you know gets your blood pumping i was bobbing my head along to that one a lot so i like that a lot and, just, and the, the last, it's the Castle Crasher guys who made this game, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Which will explain the, the art style. Yeah, picturing that in my head, I could totally see that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. So if you haven't played it, I'm sure you could find it somewhere on the cheap. It's, it's a short game. It's a fun game with a banging soundtrack. Nice. Very, very cool. Okay. Uh, that takes me to my next pick then. And Frank, we are going to go to a very iconic Konami franchise. From Contra 3, The Alien nice. Wars, nice. this is Invasion.
And that was Invasion from Contra 3, The Alien Wars, which came out here in North America March 26th, 1992 on the Super Nintendo. That was composed by the Konami Kukia Club, which for this game consisted of Miki Higashino, Masanori Adachi, and Tapi Iwasai. Contra 3 is awesome, dude. Man, just hearing that makes me want to just shoot aliens in the face. Yeah, Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Maybe my favorite Contra besides the original. I love Contra 3. I think it's a phenomenal game. It's a a damn good entry in the series. I mean, all the Contra games, you are fighting aliens. Yes, they are. At a certain point. Yes, and you don't realize that initially. And I like that that was introduced as like this kind of twist where you realize that Contra is about like an alien war and it kind of comes full circle in Contra 3 with the subtitle The Alien Wars. I really enjoy this game and the soundtrack itself, much like the rest of the Contra franchise, except for maybe the the newest one, Contra Rogue Corps that just came out. I don't know if you saw the reviews on that one, Frank. That game is bombing. Oh, yes, I have. (laughs) That game is bombing left and right. I've also saw it in the store. Yeah, that game is just doing terrible. Uh, that was part of our Metacritic results from this past week on Max Level, and yeah, that that game is just sucking up the charts. <laughs> for nothing but bad things about it, and which is unfortunate because I, I really did want another good Contra game again. Doesn't look like we have one, but most of the Contra games really are phenomenal in terms of soundtracks. I love how that has that traditional Konami feel to it. Like, it's very Konami, but still very, like, spooky, sci-fi, alien eeriness. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely, man. In fact, the Konami Kokia Club, they have a lot of great tracks. Like They do. They really do. I would say Konami can do no wrong, but that's a flat-out lie. Nowadays, it is anyway. <laughs> but, 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 but at the time, man, they were a juggernaut. They were. They were. And it's sad to see how far they've really fallen. Okay. We, we need to make Konami great again. We're going to buy wish, them. Man. We I wish, man. I wish. I love it on games buyout of Konami. I wish that. I See, I, I we could never afford it, but I really do wish that somebody would, like Microsoft or Sony. I wish that not necessarily buy out Konami, but buy out the IPs. Buy Contra, buy Ooh, Silent I Hill, have, I, I buy Metal Gear. No, 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 not THQ Nordic Frank. <laughs> Is it like THQ Worldwide now or something like that? Like they have like a crazier name? They something like that. Yeah, they they just oh, they don't know what th- it's THQ at, uh, AF. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing, dude. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Speaking of not knowing what he's doing, it's my turn to get pick a song. Yeah. And I'm going to pick one with a uh, from a pretty awesome game that was out on the Sega Genesis and the NES. Arian uh, Shinodoru, um, or for people who don't speak bad Japanese, Alien Syndrome. <laughs> this is Killer Instinct.
It was Killer Instinct from Alien Syndrome, which came out in 1988 for multiple uh, platforms, including the NES and the Genesis. Yeah, it's released everywhere. I think there's even a PSP version of that game. It's on everything you could possibly think of. Uh, but it was in the composed, arcades too, was it not? It was. In fact, the arcade had a different uh, composer in general. This game had three different composers for the, the, the litany of different things. But the version you just heard was composed by Noboru Mashida, who also did the game Double Hawk. Okay, never heard of it. Me either. Uh, the basic <laughs> <laughs> this game is a run and gun. Uh, and I played the hell out of this in the arcade uh, because this is one of those games that the local bodega had. They had a few games. This is one of them for sure. Okay. They also had uh, a version of Bubble Bobble, which I think it was called Puzzle Bobble. I'm not mistaken. Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, man, this game has been remade, redone, up, down, left, right. EA select start. Uh, but this definitely has this nice alien feel to it. it has, you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of the modulation up in there. It's a good track. It's a good track. And I've never played this game, but it is a good track. It definitely has that up and down feel to it. Like it, it is very kind of you get hints of that alien type theme. To it. You know, it's not like crazy sci-fi, but it's a good track. The arcade version was very much like the aliens, like in the movie Aliens kind of horror style. The the, the Sega version of the game kind of sucked, but okay. uh, it was. I, I do remember playing the Sega version or, or the Master System, Master System version, you want to call it that, uh, and not liking it. I, I just looked at the reviews right now because I had to know. Uh, two out of five for that version, and then it was a five out of five for the arcade version. So okay. it's, one of those times, it's one of those times when the game gets ported out that uh, just kind of shat the bed. The um, the baseline in the background, what you're talking about, the up and down, it's very cool. But I do like the uh, the the hook that comes in there every now and then, too, with like the the synth wavy sound a little bit. I, I, I don't know, dude. It's a, it's a fun track. I like this one a lot. If you want to play the fun version of this, uh, there's that Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection that's out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that's on modern consoles. Yes. You could unlock the arcade version in that game. So Oh, very nice. That's actually really cool. Nice little bonus there for people. Absolutely. Because the arcade version was also published by Sega, right? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Have you heard of our other podcast, Max Level? For those who are unaware, we do a weekly all-purpose video game podcast known as Max Level every Monday morning. Featuring myself, Frank, Sean, and Kyle, the four of us talk about the hottest topics in gaming that week while discussing the games we've been spending time with over the past seven days. Not only that, but we detail the new releases for the week, including a fun Metacritic guessing game. Speaking of games, if you're into trivia, Bonus Stage is a competitive segment where Sean, Frank, and Kyle compete against one another in a series of five questions to see who is the champion for that particular week. Max Level is always a lot of fun and entertaining, while still providing the news you need to know on a weekly basis. Not only that, but the latest reviews, impressions, reaction videos, and podcast episodes can be found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully one day yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Alright man, let's move to a franchise that really, at the core of things, is all about aliens. And it's an amazing Nintendo IP. From Metroid Fusion, this is Versus Arachnus. Metroid Fusion 
And that was Versus Arachnus from Metroid Fusion, which came out here in North America November 18th, 2002. Composed by two individuals, we have Monaco Hamano and Akira Fujiwara. I love Metroid Fusion. It is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, handheld Metroid version. I am inclined to agree with you. Yeah, I think Metroid Fusion is the best, like, side-scrolling, 2D, typical type of Metroid game that you like, Frank. I know you prefer those games over the Prime series. I think that's my favorite one since Super Metroid, and definitely probably my favorite handheld version of Metroid. I think for me, it definitely goes Fusion and then Zero Mission, so I I agree with you. Yeah, I think Fusion definitely is number one. And the entire soundtrack to Fusion is just so incredible. I had so many different options to pick from. I just really liked this versus a rockness version the best. Uh, you have that little bit of that like alien-esque feel to it, but still some very classic Metroid there as well. And yeah, man, Metroid, a series that oftentimes we don't think about it, but it really is all about aliens. And obviously Every Metroid, Ma- Mother Brain, everything. Everything except for (laughs) technically, yeah, like everything, everybody is an alien and it's something that you really you never think about that much. But it really is a series really all about aliens and a phenomenal series, really, too. I mean, here at Level Down Games, we Metroidvanias, myself, Frank, Kyle, Sean, we all love these Kyle, the style of I almost said these Kyle of games because I said Kyle's name, the style of games (laughs) and uh, just incredible music, man. Really, really well done. That does get me to thinking, and uh, spoiler alert, I haven't picked from any from this game either, but uh, when you think about it, Kirby's an alien game as well. Kirby technically kind of would, yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah so, so is so is the next game I'm picking from, Superman 64. No, I'm kidding. I was going to say, so is, so is Pikmin, and we didn't pick from Pikmin either. Yeah, I'm just not a Pikmin fan. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's a lot of games we didn't pick from that really are still alien games but man we really could probably do a part two of this at some point in the future and we will because we have to and we eventually must. eventually we'll run out of ideas and we'll have to recycle <laughs> but that's not for 10 years in the future that's when we do start doing the remix exactly um, now from a game that me and brian played then he fell off and then i fell off and then i'll play again when my stadia finally shows up if i even decide to keep <laughs> I, 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 I think I may have canceled it or I'm, I'm on the brink of canceling it because of all the nonsense. But from Destiny 2, the Forsaken expansion, this is Queen's Oracle.
and that little ditty was Queen's Oracle from Destiny 2 Forsaken. Uh, that expansion dropped September 4th, 2018. Uh, I got three composers on this one. One of them is obvious. I have uh, C. Paul Johnson, Sky Lewin, and of course, Michael Salvatore, uh, all of which are Bungie contributors through and through and through. I freaking love that track, dude. Holy crap, was that good. I listened to so much music from the soundtrack that I literally was like, you know what, I'm just going to pick one of the expansions and I'm just going to pick from that. Like, I had to like narrow it down because the entirety of Bungie is so well composed. Michael Salvatore is a legend in my mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, ever since Halo, and you know how much I love the Halo song, I sing that in empty rooms to hear the echo. I'm a nut, what can I say? Um, but yeah, with this one right here, it hit everything I wanted to hear. Very epic. There's definitely a little bit of alien feel. You had, you had Latin chanting, or at least it sounded like Latin to me. Uh, it had everything that I love and more. This is... You know what? I'm gonna make it official. This is you could play the song at my wake, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we already have songs that are you know for, for my funeral and for when they put me into the ground. But you can play this at my wake. I like to think that I maybe that I'm a bit of an oracle. I you you literally reminded me, and I'm doing this as we speak. Like I I was doing it as we listened to it because you and I played Destiny Two as you mentioned before we listened to that track. We played it on PS4. Yes. And we played initially when the when the game came out. I remember that I took advantage of a price error from Toys R Us and got the game for like 40 bucks a few days early. <laughs> yeah. I remember because they uh, they put it on sale for some reason, literally the day it came out. And that was definitely a price error. So uh, I took advantage of that. I think. Did you also do that or no? No, it was for me. Uh, Bungie actually gave me the DLC. Oh, Bungie gave you the DLC for free, but you had to buy the game. Yeah. Like you bought the game, but somehow you got the season pass for free for being like a loyal member or something like that. I, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah which, was, which was just cool of them. Thank you. Bungie. So are you are you still getting all the DLC for free? Like, did you get Forsaken and are you getting Shadowkeep this week? I, I have it. I have access to it. I just haven't downloaded it. That's crazy that you're still getting all of them still. That's awesome. But I remember getting it. And then back at BlizzCon last year, if you remember, Bungie at BlizzCon announced that they were going to be putting Destiny to or giving the base game away for free on yes. Battle.net. Well, when Bungie split from Activision, obviously Destiny 2 now is getting pulled off of Battle.net because there's no reason for it to be there and it's transitioning to Steam. So by the time you're listening to this episode on the second, it's already too late, but we're recording it on Sunday, the 29th, and I still have time because you had until uh, October 1st to do this. You can actually transfer your Destiny free game off of Battle.net and put, get the game for free on Steam as long as you did it by October 1st. You reminded me that I hadn't done that yet, so I'm literally doing it as we speak. <laughs> Was Destiny 2 not offered for free as a game on PS4? Not yet. It wasn't? I guess when it was. All right. Not, not yet. If it was, I don't remember that, but not yet. I, and I, I'm pretty sure because we do that segment in um, Max Level, we do PlayStation Plus games yeah. with gold or Xbox Live games with gold versus PS Plus free offerings. I think I would remember that. Yeah, I don't think it has been yet. But what a phenomenal track, man. That was so epic. Like through and through, I absolutely loved that pick. That was really, really, really good. We really should go back to play Destiny one of these days. I don't yeah, I know. know. I know. I know. I know. It's so hard to get you to play a shooter with me. I don't know. Like Destiny 2, I think, is a lost cause for me. 
but I am slightly intrigued by the idea of a Destiny 3, which we know Bungie is working on, because now they're independent again. They're going to publish it themselves. They have no, you know, big brother watching over them like they did with Activision. There shouldn't be a shitload of multi or, yeah, microtransactions and loot boxes like Destiny 3 could be the thing that brings me back into the franchise if it's just a, you know, strictly bungee experience. Yeah, I mean, Destiny 2 definitely had the story. Yeah, sort of. Well, we'll take what we can get. Exactly. So, all right, man, we each have two tracks left. Unfortunately, we're getting close to the end of this episode, and I want to go to what really is a game that everyone that likes aliens and everyone that loves survival horror has to experience at least once. From Alien Isolation, this is Aliens. was Aliens from Alien Isolation, which originally came out here on PC, PS3, Xbox 360, October 7th, 2014. Uh, Also would release on PS4 and Xbox One, I think on the same day, because the PS4 and Xbox One were already out at that time as well. So this game came out everywhere, uh, last generation and modern generation. This was composed by three individuals, and I'm not sure exactly who was responsible for this particular track. We have Christian Henson, Joe Henson, so the Henson brothers, and then Alexis Smith are the three composers that contributed to Alien Isolation. There is no breakdown, at least that I'm seeing, that is currently available. Uh, Really one of my favorite survival horror games from this generation. And in a long time, actually. This is legitimately part of the Alien universe. It is definitely part of that Alien type series that we've come to know and love. It's set 15 years after the original 1979 Alien film from Ridley Scott, and it stars daughter of protagonist Ellen Ripley. Uh, Her name is Amanda Ripley as she investigates the disappearance of her mother. All of the main characters are here. The major characters are here. This game is freaking spooky, dude. Did you play this? I have not, and uh, you're you're really hyping it up. You're missing out, man. This really, and and it's not just me saying this. It is something that most people agree is one of the scariest games of this generation and one of the best, like, survival horror games in a very long time. And you know what, just because... 
we were talking earlier, we really didn't pick many things from the Alien franchise in general. I'm glad that they had some representation here in the episode. Yeah. No Alien, no alien versus Predator, nothing like that. Uh, or, or the game for, uh, was it Jaguar that everyone loves so much? Did they really like that one so much? I don't think no, they did. No, Brian, not at all. No. 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 Uh, but like, yeah, dude, this, what a great track. They mostly come at night, mostly. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is the traditional Xenomorph, dude. This is it. This is it. The Xenomorph is in this game, and he stalks you so well. Like, it literally is terrifying. Like, you have to be... Like, you're using your radar, and your radar can sense where he's at as he goes through the ducts of the ship, and you literally just have to, like pray to God that he doesn't find you, dude. Like, this thing, this game is so cool. I think I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy the hunt. I respect yeah, the hunt. It's so good. But you know, I, I, we're going to close out my track in a little bit here, but I just want to talk about how bad we are for a second here. We definitely have to do a part two. We skipped over so many big series. We played nothing from Doom, nothing from Halo. Uh, we played nothing from Mass Effect. You know, we're bad. Feel I told you, man, we really could do, like I said, even like Pikmin and other games that I know you're not a huge fan of, but there are several games we didn't pick from. So really, we could technically do a part two of this at some point in the future for another October thing. Next time you Kyle's plan on Area 51 thing, let us know. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um, but I want to close out strong. Uh, I want to make sure I'm going to go to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Junichi Masuda. Oh, OK. okay. Um, who, for the uninitiated, first of all, shame on you, uh, is Mr. Pokemon himself, okay? Um, and the track here that I'm going to play for you is from the Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire versions, uh, the battle for Deox- the battle with Deoxys, uh, which came out, this game came out November 21st, 2014. If I'm not mistaken, this is the most recent Pokemon game to come out. The thing came out after this, right? Other than what? 2014? 2014? 2014. No. What's coming out? What's coming out after that? Uh, po- po- Pokemon. Ultra, let's go. Sun, Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Oh, they the came uh, at the same time. I'm, uh, first of all, I'm a jerk because I'm looking at us. I have a Pokemon poster right in front of me that's Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Um, <laughs> like, 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 literally, literally less than a foot away from my face. So I'm Ultra, a real jerk. Al- Ultra Moon was Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was 2017. Sun Moon was 2016. So there had to have been something 2015 as well. Um, probably, probably, probably Pokemon's ago. No, 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 no. There had to have been something else. Uh, curious what it was. I'll find out. Brian will find out. Uh, but yeah, Deoxys is the space Pokemon. Uh, this track you're going to hear, it hit every note of what classic sci-fi alien sounds uh, that we were looking for for this episode. I felt, I told Brian we have to close out with this. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, it really does have a very sci-fi feel that I really kind of wasn't expecting. Like, it's one of those things that, you know, you don't anticipate for Pokemon, even though Pokemon really, you know, themselves could be considered aliens almost, even though they're not. But they kind of some of them look like it. Because <laughs> well, I don't know which Pokemon you haven't played this one, have you? The I have not. This is uh, based on Ruby Sapphire, obviously, which came out in 2002. Correct. But I haven't played those either. So so this game introduced and I'm pretty sure it's this game. If I'm wrong, let us know in the comments. Um, it's Brian at leveldowngames.com. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, this game had special battle events that you could, they could activate along the way. So Deoxys literally has its own music for when you're battling it. Like it's, it just clicks in when, when you go through a portal in space and time to battle Deoxys. So it's cool that, you know, this song was legitimately composed for this moment. 
there was no Pokemon game in 2015. It was one of the off years that they did skip. Was, one of the rare, one of the rare years that didn't have a Pokemon release. It was a dark and sad time. Yeah, because there was one. Uh, you, uh, you, 20, you, had to play the, you had to play the 900 other Pokemon games already out. How dare, how dare 2011, 2011 was another odd year that had no release, as was 2007. That's it. Just those three years uh, since. 7, 11, and 15, that's four years apiece each. That means that there shouldn't, there shouldn't have been a Pokemon game this year, but there will be. Um... Well, there will be because we have Sword and Shield coming out. C coming out in uh, yeah, weeks. And hopefully we'll have Let's Go 2 based on Gold, Silver, and Crystal next year. I'm really hoping so. Really hoping so. That will be awesome. I just want to get all my Pokemans in 3D. Yeah. But great pick. Very sci-fi. Like I said, it definitely wasn't something I was expecting to hear from Pokemon. And I really enjoyed that track. Just like I really enjoyed this episode. I knew it was going to be a fun episode. And I think we had several fantastic picks on the show. I couldn't agree more. But, you know, it was a nice little cosmic trip. Yeah, it was a lot of fun getting to explore. And I'm glad that we didn't go the route that you thought we would. I'm glad we didn't have Doom. I'm glad we didn't have Halo. I'm glad we didn't have Mass Effect. We went to games that generally, you know, are very much different and still based on aliens and had some great themes to them and great pieces of music. I'm glad we actually did what we did. It was Where a lot of fun. Where else would you hear Cosmic Cosmo? Cosmic Cosmo, man. That's still one of my favorite tracks we heard today. Really is. Still one of my favorite tracks we heard today. But I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we fly on out of here into the universe. I think we said it all, Brian. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania. Is it even possible to fly out of the universe? Made possible by LevelDownGames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmedia at leveldowngames.com, maybe into like a parallel, parallel universe. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. I'm so, that universe. Of course, if you're, you know, a believer of parallel universes like uh, like like we are here, and maybe maybe there is a thin version of Frank somewhere in a universe that's oh, probably there's, a better there's, universe. There's, there's, one, there's one here just deep, deep down inside. <laughs> We'd also be grateful if you could drop it on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Dovedown Games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Dovedown Games and click that follow button. Of course, maybe we're all just part of the simulation anyway, though, and they're in our universes anyway. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook can be a place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, Frank, next week we are going to explore a handful of games based on on a movie based on an IP that has a new movie releasing soon. Uh, maybe even next week. I can't remember exactly what day this new movie comes out, but it is soon. We are going to explore here on BG Mania music from the Adams Family. So any Adams Handful, Family game. like thing, you're funny. Right? Get it? Yeah, exactly. Do -do -do -do. Any game that actually released in the Adams Family series, we are going to be picking tracks from those. We'll have eight picks from me, eight picks from Frank, and really, who knows, that might just incorporate all the music we can find because the Adams Family games, there aren't that many of them, and the soundtracks aren't that big. But it's going to be a lot of fun listening to some music based on that IP. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Battle Deoxys from Pokemon Omega Rupee, Ruby. Almost Rupee. I've got too much Zelda on the brain. Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, composed by Junichi Masuda. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.